0: You're listening to Law and Disorder with Pine County Attorney Reese Fredrickson on the WCMP On Demand.
1: Yeah, what was the question again?
0: I don't, I don't remember. remember. Let's just talk so, about, you came in here for something. Let's talk some law and disorder. Um, now, it sounds like you guys are kind of doing a lot more video conferencing once again here for a little
1: while. That's Yeah, that's correct. So, um, with the governor's newest latest orders, the, the chief judge of the Minnesota courts came out with an order uh, about the same time stating that we're going to do all... All online court until about February 1st. Um, no in-person hearings. Very, very small exceptions. And then ha- they have to be personally approved by the Chief Justice. So we're expecting that there's going to be no exceptions. So if you've got a, a, a jury notice, um, not having jury trials for, for a while, at least until February. Um, you know. And actually, I'm on that list, too. I, I received a jury notice as well. So I can put that on hold for a while. So you can... You can serve as a juror? Uh, probably not in my cases. Um, and <laughs> I hope so, not. <laughs> yeah, that would be interesting. It would be fun. But, uh, you know, technically all the criminal cases are my cases in the county. But I, I did tell him I wanted to serve as a juror and put me on the civil rotation because I can do uh, probably do a civil case. Um, so so if you are suing um, your employer for hitting your head, <laughs> I'm a potential juror for that case.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah. Seems a little overqualified, but yeah, I guess.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, I'll, I, I promise to be unbiased, too. So. Yeah, I bet you do. I bet you do as well. <laughs> yeah, I totally believe that. Um, you know, you came in here, you had one case you wanted to talk about? I do, yes. Um, so this case uh, happened on August 19th of 2020, and uh, a Minnesota state trooper is patrolling on Highway 35 near Rock Creek, and he notices a Mazda with a cracked windshield. And now if you have a cracked windshield, if you got, say, it goes all the way across your windshield and it's directly in this, your light of vision, that's against the law. And that's a reason for somebody to pull you over. Um, just aside, side, there are a lot of traffic laws out there. I and had a friend of mine who was pulled over for having a sticker, a big sticker in the back of her truck window and thought that was completely unfair. But, you know, the trooper's doing his job and that's what they do. I mean, look for traffic violations and Minnesota has does really have a lot of laws.
0: Yeah, you know, just ruin my day based off of something. Yeah, but, yeah, I get, I get what you're saying. <laughs> cracked windshield, okay, let's not go down this rabbit hole. Um, so they pull over this uh, guy for having a cracked windshield, which can be dangerous, yeah, and it also compromises the structural integrity of your vehicle, but go on.
1: Yeah, absolutely. You sound like you went to law enforcement school. So vehicle's pulled over, trooper goes up, and uh, in plain view is marijuana and the console and of course that's that elevates that traffic stop um if there is uh, marijuana you are legally you can legally search the vehicle um so there are some different circumstances there so of course they um they talk to the driver it's a male driver there's a female passenger and there's two young children in the back seat and uh the driver gives a false name and then um the trooper I think figured that out and actually talked to the female, and the female's like, "No, that's that's uh, his name is Joshua Paul Atkins." So, she gave up that confidence, and she basically said, "Well, he's got a bunch of warrants, so he gave you a fake name."
0: Oh, how often does a fake name work, or would we never know because it would
1: work? It's you know, it's pretty rare. So, because they obviously they have dispatch, they have squad computers, they can run that pretty quick.
0: Run the plates and be like, oh, well, this car is registered to this person, or so, so and I'm assuming you don't get away with that too often.
1: No, it's it's so rare. Um, you know, and there's different penalties. If it's a completely fake name, that's somebody that doesn't exist, it's a misdemeanor. If um, you get pulled over and you give, say, the name and date of birth of your brother, that's a gross misdemeanor. Hmm. And we've had a lot of cases like that where they'll do that, and they'll look up it and be like, well, the, the guy's 20 years older than what he says he is, and... And guess what? They can pull your picture up in the squad, so they'll pull your picture up. You don't match that picture. You're looking at an arrest and a gross misdemeanor. But yeah, I mean, as an aside, too, we've had rare circumstances where that has worked up to a point where the person's actually went to jail under a different person's name and date of birth. We had a a case some time ago where the person gave the name and date of birth of somebody else, only to find that that other person had arrest warrant. So oh. they arrested, and the person went to jail, claimed in front of the judge that she was so-and-so, date of birth. And it, it wasn't until a few days later in jail that, um, coincidentally, they had to look up this other person. They figured out, well, wait, no, we actually have so-and-so in jail and not the person that we think we had in jail. So that's actually a felony um, because Ooh. that's perjury. She perjured herself by applying for a public defender and all that stuff
0: seems seems like a dumb idea why don't you just seems like this call could all be solved by not having any arrests out for or warrants out for your arrest in the first
1: place but there is that or even just telling the truth i mean the truth will set you free i mean well, well limit hypothetically. Uh, yeah, hypothetically maybe not in that case but so obviously he figures out it's a fake name they um they run his name they find out that he has what we call a domestic abuse no contact order or danco for short and uh, yes that Danko says he can't have any contact with the female in the car or with the two children in the backseat because of prior domestic incidents. Mm. So um, just kind of a way of explanation, there are basically three types of um, protection orders in Minnesota. One's a Danko, what I just mentioned, and that comes out of a a case. So if you're arrested for a domestic, uh, there's a statute that says the judge can put a Danko on you, protecting the, the alleged victim in a case.
0: Now, would the victim be the one that would request that, or would the judge basically make that decision based off of uh, how, he, how, like, how the case has gone?
1: So that's an excellent question. So in the case of Adanko, the um, victim would not request that. I mean, they have input. They'll say, hey, judge, I kind of want it, or judge, I don't. But that's an independent decision for mm-hmm. the judge. Okay. And the philosophy behind that is that they don't want to put it on the victim for, um, say, further acts of violence against him or her if they go to court and say, "No, I don't want any contact," and enrage the alleged get perpetrator the person more upset. Yeah. Yeah. So there is some good, uh, you know, policy behind mm-hmm. that. Uh, the other two situations: uh, there are harassment orders and orders for protection. In those cases. The victim actually asks the court for that, and those are civil cases. Okay. So they enter a separate civil case for an OFP. It has to be a domestic type situation. They just have to make some allegations of domestic contact or um, you know domestic assault, and uh, a judge can issue that without a hearing. Um, but the, once the person gets served, they can request a hearing later. And a harassment order, the parties necessarily don't have to be related, but there has to be conduct that constitutes harassment. Okay. And so. That's a situation where we see that a lot with the neighbors, you know, their fence line disputes and stuff, and they end up having harassment orders against each other.
0: And basically that's just to keep them separated, and it's not really, a I, I don't know if I want to say not really a big deal, but not really like a actual law dispute. It's just a, a civil one.
1: Correct, yep. Yep. And sometimes it could rise criminally, but um, there's a lower threshold of proof, so they only have to make allegations sufficient to, to get that order. Okay. But and a lot of times, especially with law enforcement, I'm sure Sheriff Nelson's talked to you about this too. Um, when you have parties going at it, you just want to get them separated. And this is the legal mechanism to get them separated. Okay. Gotcha. I mean, because you got to promote the public peace, right?
0: Yep. And then, so we're back on this, that he's facing, you. Were, that first word, what the... Uh, so he has
1: the Danko. The Danko, yeah. Yep. And it's out of a different con- uh, county, and he's got, I think, a terroristic threat So, you are running his record, they see that. That's an automatic arrest. Um, In Minnesota, if you commit a crime, felony crime, or a crime in front of a peace officer, you can be automatically arrested. And they find out he has two prior domestic-related convictions, which makes the Danko a felony, because if you have two priors, it just bumps the penalties up. And he also has six prior felony convictions, all obtained in the span of two years. So all involving theft, possession of property, terroristic threats, drug possession, fleeing a peace officer in a motor vehicle. So just a solid citizen here. Um, He eventually pleads to the Danko violation because, I mean, that's a fairly easy thing to prove. (laughs) You can't get out of that. And he ends up, because of his lengthy record, um, he ends up with 21 months in prison that is the the guideline sentence Mm -hmm. in the case. And um, the lessons from this, of course, are a lot. We've already went over them. But the policy behind really enforcing these orders is that uh, court orders do mean something. And we are a nation of law and the courts are, are, you know, if they make orders like this and they have jurisdiction to make that order, they have to be enforced. If there's no mechanism enforcement, people are going to ignore them and laugh them off and that's, well uh,
0: you said so you said 21 uh, months is the guideline on this. Would you say that's high or low or would you say no comment on that?
1: Uh, it depends on what context you're asking. Cuz we're, well, we're
0: talking I mean cuz it's felony which means mm-hmm. and if it was upgraded felony by two previous things that seems like that's a habitual like occurrence to the point where it, I don't I don't know if 21 months is enough or not. Or is that you still think that's pretty case dependent? That's pretty tough to put that into just once one single person or one single group.
1: Yeah, I mean, it is case case Mm -hmm. dependent. Um, Of course, we uh, have some of our discretion is taken away on sentencing and stuff because of the guidelines. So Minnesota law um, and they've got their own policy decisions behind that. Mm -hmm. That's the legislature has determined that that 21 months is the, the sentence that people in that same situation should be given um i i you know my personal opinion i, I think some cases are, are a little light in minnesota with sentencing mm-hmm. We're we're one of those weird states where we're kind of flipped whereas we have probably the lowest one of the lowest incarceration rates in the united states we're like number 48 but we're flipped in that we have one of the highest uh, probation loads in the state mm-hmm. or in the united states and the you know the The philosophy behind that is that you want to push rehabilitation versus incarceration. I mean, great in theory, um, but what happens is that some people fall through the cracks. And and somebody like this who can have six felony convictions, keep going back to court, keep going back to court, and have warrants and ignoring court orders, it it takes this amount of time before you can actually put the hammer down on, on him. And it's not something the prosecutor did. It's just really, or what the courts did, but it's just really what um, the law says.
0: Well, hopefully uh, 21 months will be the perfect amount and uh, come back rehabilitated, and then we don't have to worry about him ever coming in the system again.
1: I hope. You know, I could be cynical and say something about that, but I I really don't want people to fail.
0: Yeah, well, we we got to have faith here on WCMP. Otherwise, I wouldn't have a job. Uh, Reese, does that do it for Law and
1: Disorder then? It does. I appreciate it. Yeah. Watch where you're, watch your head next time. All
0: right. And we will,
1: uh, (laughs) thanks a lot. And we'll uh, talk to you next month, Reese. I look forward to
0: it. Thank you. You have been listening to a WCMP production.